You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello and welcome to a picks edition of the Watling and Owen Show. It's Matt Watling, joined alongside Luke Owens as always as we get ready to dive into our NFL picks a little bit later on in the show. But first, Luke, we've got two local NFL playoff games. When's the last time we could say that? Well, I I would imagine the last time the Jets and the Giants were in the playoffs would have to be it because I don't think the Bills and the Jets ever overlapped. And I don't actually think the Bills and the Giants even overlapped because what was the boat year? Was that 2016? I think so. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time and I'm I'm excited. I mean, these are two games that I think I think you could argue both of them could go either way if if the chips fall the right way for the Giants. Obviously, Bills Bengals is going to be you know, a game that a lot of people are taking either side of. But, you know, Giants coming in seven and a half point dogs, but they've been they've been good against the spread. They've been good on the road. I mean, this is going to be a really exciting game Saturday night. I think it's – I mean, besides the Bills game, I think it's my – the game I'm most excited for. Yeah, and I, I think I look at the, the Giants, and they played a really good game last week. Like a scary, scary good game. And I don't know how you could sit there and say – the Eagles are for sure going to win that game. No, I mean, I agree. I, I think the big question mark, like I said last show, is Jalen Hurts. Like, if Jalen Hurts is playing to his standard, I know you wrote down on the rundown, you know, when's the last time the Eagles played a great game? It, it was before he got hurt. I mean, essentially, when he was fully healthy, it felt like the Eagles were a foregone conclusion to take home the NFC. Now, I still think that they have the talent around him, the talent on defense that's going to help them still be in that conversation. But this offense certainly wasn't moving the ball like they were before. And this Giants defense is playing better than they ever have. I mean, they just limited Justin Jefferson. I think A.J. Brown is right on that level, I think even a touch below Justin Jefferson. So the it's the tea leaves are there. Like, the Giants have done it before. The question is, can they replicate it two weeks in a row? And part of the concern, I guess, is how Goddard plays, right? Because you can shut down Justin Jefferson, but you gave up a lot to Hawkinson underneath. And – but it didn't kill you, right? Like it was those close, plays though. don't kill you as much as I mean, I, a Justin Jefferson eighty-yard touchdown. I, I guess the idea is that you can let them dink and dunk their way to the end zone, but you still gave up. What was it like, twenty-four points? So if you're if you're the yeah. Giants here, you're not scoring thirty-one on the Eagles' defense. You're not. So you've got to find ways to trim down the the op- opposing right points. Right, you can't give up twenty-four points and, and win this game. You maybe want to give up. 21, you know, 18 points. And how do you do that? I think part of that's running the ball, right? Keep the ball away from Jalen Hurts. Keep the ball away from the playmakers of the Eagles. And the best way to do that is to establish the run game using Saquon Barkley. And he had, what was it, like nine touches or 12 touches last last week? He's super fresh. He hasn't played basically in, in two weeks. He hasn't taken any super meaningful or, or hard blows in the last two, three weeks. So for him to be as fresh as he is going into playoffs is is surprising, when you thought of the way this team has success, especially early in the season when it was all running through Saquon Barkley, the fact that he's as healthy as he is and as fresh as he is now is quite possibly like the biggest positive the Giants have going into this playoff game. And the crazy part is, you know, obviously they lost that first game, you know, pretty badly. It was 48 to 22, but they didn't necessarily like like lose the game themselves like Daniel Jones didn't throw any interceptions they didn't fumble the ball like it was just the Eagles were the better team so that kind of you know makes me think maybe they can compete better this game because not only is Daniel Jones taking care of the football but he's also playing better he's throwing the ball better he's using his legs which 
to me, that's the biggest key for the Giants is his escapability because the Eagles' defensive line, I mean, everyone on their team, everyone on their line is over 10 sacks. Like, they're ridiculous. They're going to get to the quarterback. The question is, can Jones escape it? Can he get the ball out quick? Can he still make plays despite pressure being in his face? Because Minnesota doesn't have a single, you know, rusher that's as good as the five, you know, the four guys that the Eagles have. So that's going to be the biggest question mark is, does Daniel Jones repeat that performance with his legs against a better defensive line? And that is a real cause for concern. Now, one thing that I, I believe I noticed in that game against Minnesota was a lot of his running, rushing plays and rushing yards, they weren't scrambles. It was design runs, which True. obviously it helps in the sense that he's planning for the run, but also it hurts going into this game because you don't really know what to expect of them scrambling on an intended pass play. But – you know, another thing of note in that first game, Luke, and you kind of alluded to this, was he threw for – it was 18 for 27, 169 yards. That was like the, the prototypical Sam Darnold New York Jet line, right? That was the first season of Zach Wilson line. Like, that's not a special stat line. Yeah, he took care of the ball, but he didn't really challenge anything. Brian Dable dumbed it down so far for him. The, the yards per completion were not great. Now, I mean – I would be shocked if he didn't go, you know, 20 of 24 or, you know, 24 of 30 for 250 yards. And that's another 100 yards on your tally and another handful of completions on your tally as well for, for Daniel Jones in this game. So I think Daniel Jones has gotten better since week 14, believe it or not. I mean, it's only been about a month, but he just looks so much more confident. And I think a big part of that is obviously playing lesser defenses the last couple of weeks. But look, he's still done it, right? Like. I, I don't go into my mind thinking he's going to revert back into the early season Daniel Jones who had that interception. You know, I guess I guess it was against the Titans. And I'm, it's hard to put a ton of stock into the last game against the Eagles just because, you know, obviously the Giants weren't playing anybody, but also the Eagles, like, they were just getting Hurts back. It kind of felt like they were going to win the whole time. They didn't really – they weren't going to step on the throw, I didn't think. Like, I didn't think they were going to – It was like they weren't trying, 20, just, in a sense. Yeah, exactly. But – with that being said, the Eagles did play their whole defense, and the Giants ran for 129 yards, averaged six yards per carry, and that was with Gary Brightwell as their featured back. Like, you have to think that Saquon Barkley can be a, a big threat in this game again, and I agree with you. I think, you know, nine carries isn't going to be what wins the Giants this game. You know, obviously you can design runs for Jones like they did last week, but you want to you wanna see a little bit more Saquon Barkley, not more out of him, because as we kind of discussed on Monday, the output was there, but we want to see more of of him more touches because this giant team look their key is to like hang on the ball do a long drive like you said but that's basically all they do anyways like they're not going to you know maybe they'll go three and out and that'll hurt you but they're not going to have like an like a three play drive where Hodgins breaks like an 80 yard touchdown that's just not their offense so that kind of plays into their hands where their offense is already used to kind of being methodical and, and playing keep away in a sense right which will certainly be beneficial well, on the injury front for the Giants, the only real concern is Aziz Ojolari. He's got a quad issue, I think it was reported on the, the Giants team site. I imagine he gives it a go. I can't imagine a, a quad injury, whether it's a – I guess it wouldn't be a – what would be like a, a quad strain. I imagine you try to play through that, and it just depends on how effective you can be you know, through treatment and whatnot. But for your only real injury concern to be one dude, like that's super impressive when you look at the other side where the Eagles are going to be without Avante Maddox – you know, no Lane John or Lane Johnson has a groin issue. I don't know how he's even playing right now. It's going to require surgery, but he's just playing through yeah. pain. He's a tough dude, right? Josh Sweat was limited participant um, for rest reasons. Jalen Hurts not on the injury report, but he has a sprained throwing shoulder. 
he hasn't he hasn't ran the ball since he's since he sprained his shoulder pretty much right the the two three games he missed and then against the the Giants he didn't run the ball once so when you take his running ability away from him that's a big big factor when you consider the Giants they give up about five yards I think per quarterback rush attempt he does a great job scrambling and now you're taking you know away half of his talents right the thing that makes him the dynamic quarterback that he is the MVP candidate that he was this season was his legs, and now he doesn't quite have that as much when you consider the the risk versus reward of having him as a runner and him, you know, taking those extra hits. And granted, it was a different year. It was a different team. The Eagles were worse, but, I mean, Hurts was terrible in the playoffs last year against the Bucs. And I know that Bucs team is a lot better than this year's team, and it's not a team that, you know, and Jalen Hurts didn't have A.J. Brown. It wasn't the same Eagles team. But, I mean, he was bad in his first playoff appearance. And I'm not saying that's really a track record thing. This is a different situation. You're home. You're the one seed. You're coming off a bye against a familiar opponent. But, you know, that that does mean something. You know, some guys have it. Some guys don't in the playoffs. I'm not going to say he doesn't have it based on one game. But I think that's certainly a thing that he has to be thinking in the back of his mind. That last time he was on this stage, he didn't perform. But can we even really fault him? Because he wasn't, we didn't even know he was the answer at quarterback last year. Like the team has changed so much, he's changed so much. I don't think him performing on a bigger stage concerns me. It's just that injury that really kind of makes me wonder. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just trying to add another wrinkle to the game. I don't know, like <laughs> just trying to just trying to throw it out there that that no, and year. I don't know. I mean, I guess you say who are you more confident in can perform in the playoffs. I guess the answer is Daniel Jones. We just saw him do it, right? No other quarterbacks thrown for the amount of yards he threw last week and ran for the amount of yards he ran for last week, which is what, like 70 yards. So to me, it just comes down to the Giants defense. Can they create one or two takeaways? Can they contain Jalen Hurts? And can they keep the guys underneath? Because I I think you can limit A.J. Brown a little bit, but then you have Devonta Smith there. And, And I don't know if the Vikings necessarily have a Devonta Smith on, on their roster to compliment Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I mean, we're not going to give our picks now, but the seven and a half is such a hard number to pick. I mean, it's so hard because the you Giants, got a hard the way seven they and play, half. it's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to predict the Giants because they could get blown out, they could, but they seem to play games close. And, like, if the Eagles were fully healthy, I think I'd say, you know, give me the Eagles, but you know the way the Giants have played recently, the way the Eagles have played recently, it's it's definitely a, a thinker, and I think a lot of people like the Giants this week. But you know, I'll, I'll kind of give my full spin on it during our picks. But I mean, it's these lines this week, man, just absolutely brutal. They are. I mean, there's a handful that I like, but most of the reason is because a it's a big line. Handful. There's only four. What games. was that? So you like a handful? There's only four. Well, I like half. I like two. I like two of the lines, <laughs> okay. and okay. Mostly, it's because I think the lines are too big. If I'm being honest, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, and I know what I could tell you what games you're referring to. Go ahead, give me them. Like, I think Buffalo. Okay. And I think Kansas City, maybe. You or is it? You've got one of the games correct out of the two that you just mentioned. Okay. I don't know which one. Okay. You've got one of them correct. Do you want my take on the on the Giants that I texted you about earlier? Oh, yeah, baby. I've been waiting for it this whole time. So I texted Luke today. I've got a spice, a zesty take. As usual, I was at the gym, and I thought to myself, you know, uh, not Brian. What's his name? What's Shane's first name? Joe. Joe Shane's got a lot of – This is off to a great start. Yeah, this really is. 
He's gotten a lot of praise this season. Do we know he's a great GM? Like, what has he actively done other than hire his friend Brian Dable to coach this team that you sit there and say, damn, this guy's a smart GM? And, and I say that because he didn't go out and make a move for a receiver at the deadline, which now looking at it, he probably should have done because this team could make a run, maybe. He didn't give Daniel Jones the fifth-year extension, which was the right move, keep in mind. But now you might have to pay him a little more than you wanted to. And you haven't gotten a deal done yet with Saquon Barkley. You know, you had a lot of picks in the first round this past year that Dave Gettleman handed to you. And you did a good job with that, right? I like Kayvon Thibodeau. It's a smart move. He didn't let the the whole, you know, he's got too much of an ego thing, you know, get to him. Evan Neal will be fine. It takes time for an offensive lineman to adjust. You saw with Andrew Thomas. But what has he really done that's made this team that much better to be known as a great GM when all he did was hire his friend? Have people really been saying that Joe Shane's a great GM, though? Maybe not great. I feel great. like all the praise has been for Brian Dable. I haven't really heard a lot of Joe Shane talk. Maybe it's not completely GM honest. of the year, but it's a lot of, okay, we know we have our GM. We know we have our coach. We know we have our quarterback. I just like Joe Shane's fine, but like, what has he really done to be to be locked in as a GM that we can trust for the next ten years down the line? You know, I mean, yeah, I just don't know if that's a take that people are saying. Like, I don't think I've been like going around and have people be like, "Oh yeah, Joe Shane, like he's the guy." Like, I don't think anyone said oh, that. People have said it. I get. I don't know. I mean, I I wasn't planning on judging him based on this one year. I think Dable's like you can't judge a GM in his first year. I mean. Joe Douglas is what year four now, and we still are, you know, having talks about well, him. So I, I think mean, Joe Douglas. Is, I think it's a fine take. I don't think it's a zesty take. I don't think anyone's saying like, "Oh yeah, Joe Shane is elite GM." I, I just don't think people are saying that. Is it more zesty to say I think the Giants should have made a move for a receiver, and like I kind of fault Joe Shane for not making the move? But also, let's think about who was available. Like Chase Claypool is the only guy that went. Like who else was getting traded? You couldn't have found anybody. Like, there was nobody? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I mean, I guess they could have got, like, Hawkinson if they wanted a tight end. I mean, he's been great. Like, I, he's been really good. I what, know, he went for I, a fourth? I mean, Ballinger's, Ballinger's been pretty good, But I also would have used two tight ends. His eye almost falling out. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, I, I understand they probably should have got a receiver, but it's like, I mean, their best option probably would have been getting Kadarius Tony to buy in. But, like, I... Like, Claypool is the only guy that got moved. Like, it's not like there were a ton. I mean, maybe you could say, like, they could have pushed the price up on a guy that was maybe borderline. Like, a maybe like a Brandon Cooks. People are talking about That's him a lot of money, his though. contracts. Oh, and you yeah. So, that's that what I'm saying. Like, we can criticize him for not making a move. But if there were no moves to be but made, I, there's I there's always know. a move to make. There's always a move to make. You can't tell me. I'll, I'll pull up. But the NFL trade deadline isn't like other sports. But we say that. And then like, there's you're still not that move. Like, you couldn't tell pieces. me that. The Colts had no interest moving any of their pieces. They had no interest moving some of their guys. I mean, you, like, who went? Like, Roquan Smith went because the Bears were trading off, and so did uh, – what's his name? But the Eagles got their other de- defensive lineman, Quinn. Like, I – find the right spot. Like, Chubb went – like, there are a lot of defensive players going, but you couldn't – Claypool and Hawkinson were the only – receivers to go let, let me i'll pull up some free agent wide receivers that i think maybe could have been an option and again like ty hilton eh, but but did you expect ty hilton to actually make moves i didn't know he was going to come back to be honest you know odell hasn't signed so you can't really blame him for not going after him um 
Wow, this computer's really slow. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, free agent wide receivers. DJ Chark, I guess, was probably not on the table. Uh, Randall Cobb, no. Marvin Jones, no. Julio, no. Why are you just listing people that are on teams right I'm now? I'm naming free agents for this offseason. Oh, so like oh, it'd be like the last year of their deal. My bad. I was like, "What are you talking?" Um, about? Okay, I got Byron you. Pringle. Kind of stinks, right? Not Jacoby yeah. Myers. Uh, could you have gotten AJ Green? Is he healthy? I don't know. I think I think Juju's probably but the best. Is, is Juju getting tra- getting traded from Kansas City? No. Well, he's a free eight. Oh, you're talking. Oh, oh I'm saying you're at the I deadline, who would you have made a move for? This was a very confusing conversation that I just now yes, am on I'm, I'm listing this offseason's free agents that are in the last year of their deal this year that might have been traded at the deadline. Okay. I think Paris Campbell maybe could have been an option. Yeah. From the AJ Colts. Green. But I was like, do you want Paris Campbell? Probably not. Could you have gotten yeah. Jarvis Landry? I guess not because they were somehow in the mix. Play. Um, Nikhil Harry kind of stinks. Mac Hollins maybe? I don't know. You're just like playing. Playing into what I was just saying. Maybe I, I am. Maybe I am. But I think as the GM, you should find guys that can actually play. And he, he found one in in What's-His-Face. Um, in uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Hodgins. So I'll give him credit for that. Bill's guy. But there, Bill's there's got to be something more you can give me. You know? Okay. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, wait- I'm in wait-and-see mode with Joe Shane. And I, I don't think he's bad. I, I think he'll be fine. But, like. I mean, like, were you expecting them to come in and give Daniel Jones a fifth year? Like, we are all expecting no, them to get but their like, own guy. I, I guess my point is we got to wait and see with him a little more. When was that deadline for the fifth year? Do you remember, like, what month? It's, it's before or the season starts. I can tell you that. Okay, so they so they could have seen him in training camp and preseason. But like, actually, uh, I don't know. There. But also, like, what did preseason and training camp really show you? Not much. Probably not right, much. Let's, let's get I mean, to the Bills. Brian Dable's a good Let's nine. get to the Bills. I'm trying to get you out of here in, in a nice, so tight 30-minute show. I can't believe that was insane. Well, you know what? Then, then you run the show next time, all right? Why don't you host the show? I'm trying to bring something to the table, anything to the table, and you just – whatever. You know, I'm glad we only have two shows. <laughs> just, I just can't believe we talked in circles for that long. That How was long was insane. it? That was like three minutes. Relax. It felt like, ten, it felt like an hour. Whatever. <laughs> all right, the Bills. They're hosting Cincinnati. It's a minus five-and-a-half point spread in favor of the Bills. The over-under 48 and uh, the line opened Wild at Buffalo under. minus four, which is seems more right than five and a half. That's just a very big number to me. That's insane to me. I mean, this is going to be, I think, the game of the weekend. And I, mean, I guess Cowboys 49ers could be. But, like, I, I, I'm shocked that the, the line is this big just because of, how, I mean, how bad the Bills looked last week. Coupling that, and I understand the Bengals didn't look good either, but – there seems to be an extra edge to both these teams. And I know like they came together a few weeks ago and everything, but I think going into that game before the Hamlin uh, situation, I think both teams are ready to be in an absolute slugfest. Yeah. Like they were ready to go back and forth, both offenses, like absolute shootout. So I think that same energy is going to be there on Sunday. Like I don't think either team is going to get blown out. I think it's going to come down to the last possession or two on both sides. So five and a half seems crazy. I mean, this feels like a field goal maybe even like a, a two-point conversion type of game, but five and a half seems insane. Maybe it'll go come down to the last like 11 seconds or so. You never really know with the Bills. It was 13. That was an, and then you missed. I mean, the joke was there, and you still fumbled it. Whatever. 11 seconds. Whatever. If it was 11 seconds, the Bills would have won. Um, can we just talk about the Bengals fan being mad that it's not a yes, neutral site please. game? 
Please. Because the NFL is basically saying that game never happened. You're 12 and 4, Buffalo's 13 and 3. If you wanted to host or, or be at a neutral site so bad, you should have won the four games you lost. That's all I have to say. Preach. That's it. Because if Preach. Buffalo was 13 and 3 and since and Kansas City was what? 12 and 4 or 12 and 5, if if Kansas City lost their their finale game, then Buffalo would be hosting because they won their final game. You got to have more wins. You don't have yeah. more wins. Maybe don't lose thirty-two to thirteen to Jacoby Myers and the Browns on Monday Night Football. Like, I, like, oh my bad. I was still thinking about uh, free agent wide receivers that the Giants could have traded for. But I, I, here's my thing with that. Like two week, three weeks ago, it was like, oh man, like bigger than a game, like this, this, and that. And now it's and then like, mixing flips a coin. Yeah. Oh, the NFL is really screwing us over here. Oh, like stop crying, dude. Like I don't care. Like. This is going to sound corny, but, like, Hamlin being alive, dude, I would go to Cincinnati to play that game. Like, if they're going to cry that much about it, like, I don't think home field even has that but much also, of an impact on the NFL. Beyond that, you lost. You lost more games. You played the same amount and you lost. You guys were losers in more games than the Bills were in the same amount of games played. It doesn't matter but Matt, if that game happened seven or not. To three. They were winning 7-3 to three in the first quarter. Oh, right. That's right. With the ball. Right. Well, the Jets were beating the, the Jaguars 3 nothing in that Thursday night game. And you know what? Maybe they should have had a chance against the Chargers. Huh? Ever thought about that? the Bengals that? were down, what, 20 at halftime against the Chiefs last year in the AFC Championship game? Like, uh, it's it's insane. It's a stupid thing. I can't believe that's a thing. And, like, Bengals fans are acting like they should have some. Like, who's the dude? Tony Reale, the dude from um, from Around the Horn. What is it? What's the game where he around just the touches the button? Decides around the horns. Horn. Like he was I've said it four it times, Luke. It's around the horn. I just want to go on about how stupid that show is. But yeah, it's. I mean, he was tweeting about it today. Matt's losing his mind over here. This is insane. What did Tony Reale say? I usually like his takes too. He, t- he tweeted he like, "So why aren't why are the Bills hosting this game? Why is this game not at a neutral oh, site?" Oh God. You know what else? You know what else would piss me off, Matt? You know what else really yeah. pissed me off is. Bengals fans are going on Twitter and being like, oh, you know what's disrespectful? They're selling tickets for the AFC Championship game in Atlanta between the Chiefs and the Bills. You're, you could buy tickets to the Bills uh, divisional round when the playoffs start. You can buy tickets right now to Bengals-Jags AFC Championship game in Cincinnati. Like, you, you can't just throw tickets out on the Monday, especially when the game is going to be in Atlanta. Like, every team does this for every sport. No matter what the round is, like you have to prepare for these things. Like it's insane that Bengals fans are like, "Oh yeah, this is the NFL is just clearly this, this, and against us." Like, oh my, come on, yeah, give me a but break. Let's get to the actual game. Um, where do you feel standing now compared to Monday? You know, we're 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 what two, three days, you know, left until the game. How do you feel? Um, feeling wise, obviously I'm very nervous. I think this is going to be, but this is one of those games, like I said, like it's not going to be as maddening as the Dolphins game because the Bengals are a good team. So the composure will be kept better, but more, the more I thought about this week, I, I think this is the biggest game of Josh Allen's career and he's played in an AFC championship game. He obviously played in the divisional round last year against the chiefs, but the way that he played last week and the way that kind of the discourse around him has changed a little bit throughout the year with the turnover issues with you know just holding on to the football I think this is the biggest game of his career I think he's had a great track record in the playoffs but then last week happened a game that they probably should have won going away 
He makes three big mistakes, gives the Dolphins good field position, gives them a touchdown on that fumble. I think this is I think this is the biggest game of his career. I think there's a lot of critics out there. I don't think it's going to sway me being like, oh, man, he's not the guy. But if he goes out and lays an egg in this game, I think there's going to be a lot of questions around him and this team going forward because this is a win-now team that can't afford for its franchise quarterback to make those How mistakes. many questions do you have surrounding the offensive coordinator for the Bills if something like this happens? Because I agree with you. Like This is – the game that Josh Allen needs to step up in and really show out. And, you know, Brian Dable did an amazing job kind of handling Josh Allen, right? Kept him smart. He made sure that he was making the right plays. And you saw that when he was a head coach with, sorry, with the bit, with the Giants. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Because he was taking Daniel Jones aside and explaining it. You saw Daniel Jones only had like four or five turnovers this entire season. So like, does Ken Dorsey kind of lack that that extra sense of, hey, I need to reel this guy in. I need to make sure that he's doing what's right for the team as opposed to the, the flashy play and the, the more high-risk play. Because we've seen it. like Week in, week out, Josh Allen's been much more risky than he was last year. And I wonder if that partially has to do with the offense coordinator kind of managing him. I don't know if it's management. I think it's actually something else you said. I think it is more of the play calling style because I was looking at someone made a highlight on Twitter. It was like, man, I missed this play calling. And it was not like the deep passes, like the, the short throws, like the opening up the middle of the field that kind of sets up the deep passes, which the Bills haven't been doing. Like, it's like, okay, first and 10, let's take a shot. Okay, that didn't work. Second and 10, they take a shot. Exceptions that Josh Allen threw was literally on like a, a four verticals, where it's just all the receivers are going deep. He throws, gets intercepted in the end zone. and. Howard ends up taking it for a nice return. Like, I think Dorsey's doing him a disservice by not letting him set up, make some throws in middle field to open up the deep ball. Like, the Dolphins were fully expecting the Bills to just try to take the top off, like time after time after time. Like, you have to kind of lull the defense to sleep before you take that deep shot. And I know, you know, it's like playing Madden. Like, if you're Ken Dorsey, you're like, okay, I got Josh Allen, I've got Diggs. Like, let's just throw it deep and see what happens. Like, I understand that, but like, it's not Madden. Like, you have to break down the defense, you have to set them up for that play. I think that's the disservice. I don't know if it's necessarily about keeping him in check, but like helping him with his turnover issues is not letting him get into situations where it's just throw it up and hope that your receiver wins that 50-50 battle. Another thing is you can't afford to have three and outs. You can't have, afford to have quick possessions no. because the defense is going to be worn down a lot more than the defense was last week. You gave up a lot of points last week. You didn't give up a lot of yards, right? You're going to give a lot, a lot of yards this week against the Bengals. That offense is too good. Your secondary is is not, it's not an elite secondary. It's very good, but it's not going to lock down the weapons that Cincinnati has. I don't know if any team can lock down the weapons that Cincinnati has. So you want to control the ball. Probably the Jets, if anyone. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to bring up the Jets because their quarterbacks. Stink. I mean, lockdown is obviously lockdown is like impossible, right. but I mean. Talking about the best corners that you can go with. But I will say, Kyrie Elam has looked very good the last few weeks. Last week especially, I think he didn't allow a single yard in, in coverage. Had a, a game-sealing interception. Like, he looked really good last week. He's coming to his own. Like, I remember reading about him when they drafted him out of Florida. I was like, he's a, a big playmaker. He's going to shut down the best guy. And it, it was, wasn't really apparent early on, but it seems like he's kind of settled in. Trey White's playing a little bit better. I mean, there's going to be 
they're going to get their yards. It's just going to be about, you know, limiting the big plays and limiting when they happen. And I think if Elam can continue on that path, it's, it's going to be. Yeah, he's been just a lot better because I think there was time at the beginning of the year where he was losing his starting role to like a, another corner they drafted this past this past offs. Yeah, Christian Bedford, who was like a sixth rounder out of Villanova. Right. Who just randomly was really impressive at the start of the year. Yeah, and then he got hurt. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, and, and I think this game is going to come down to, like, which defense gets that last stop. I know it's like a cliche, but I do think the Bills still have that advantage there. Like, this Bengals defense isn't really anything to write home yeah. about. And the offensive line for Cincinnati is really bad. Like, Jonah Williams was injured. Alex Cap was questionable. Um, like, that. that's a line that I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills get, like, four or five sacks th- this week. This is where if the Bills had Von Miller, it almost feels like mm-hmm. a foregone conclusion they win this game. They, their pressure rate was fifth in the NFL with four down linemen. Uh, in the with Von Miller, without him, the twenty second. Like someone's got to step but up. But they had a lot I of mean, injuries when Von Miller was down as well. Yes, yes, they did. They, Rousseau was out for a few weeks. He's their best pass rusher without him. Ed Oliver's been banged up. Boogie Basham hasn't really been the same player that he was his rookie year, but like. Epinesa had like flashes, but he hasn't been great. Like one of those guys, it, it feels like it's always those four. One of them needs to step up big time. Yeah. yeah. If it can be two of them at the same time, that's probably more ideal. And, and I don't disagree with the idea that it needs to be, you know, whichever defense gets the last stop. What truly scares me for Buffalo is I just don't know what Josh Allen we're going to get. And I guess what Ken Dorsey we're going to get, because is it going to be the smart, slower, methodical play calling? that leads to high percentage completions, you know, less risk on Josh Allen, or is it going to be shuck it up, we'll get it, and then we're going to get a bunch of interceptions. And, and you can't have that last part because unlike the Dolphins, the Bengals will make you pay on that and then can also score when they have to drive the length of the field. And I think, too, you mentioned the, the Bills giving up the sacks last week, or at least you wrote it down, seven sacks. I think Josh Allen's ankle is also worse off than the Bills are letting on because he heard it against Cincinnati. They ran. I, it felt like they ran only two, from what I can remember, two design run plays for him last week. They're clearly being very cautious. And like Jalen Hurts, if he doesn't have his leg, he's not the same quarterback. I think he's a little bit better with his arm than Jalen Hurts is. But if he doesn't have full mobility, this is a different player. If the, if the Bengals aren't threatened by his ability to run, that's another guy that can put in coverage. So if his legs aren't 100%, I think that also is kind of a, a contributor here. But you know, he's got to go back to the, the Josh Allen of last year where he was perfect in the playoffs where you literally couldn't have better back-to-back games. But, yeah, they're going to need work. And, again, there's these graphics float around. You never know the context. But it was, you know, who would you rather start a franchise with? They all said Joe Burrow, which I still think Josh Allen has more tools in the tool bag. And maybe I'm biased, but it felt like, I feel like a lot of people were leaning Joe Burrow, and maybe that's because of you know what we've seen from Allen recently. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Josh Allen, he has this the skill set, but Joe Burrow sort of has the, the the mindset, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, which is which is kind of fagazy too, because like Josh Allen is just has just as much swagger as the, the next guy, but that's kind of well. The who would, let me ask you this: Who would you rather have on the Jets right now, Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? I guess Joe Burrow, right? I don't know. Because, like, okay. I, I love Josh Allen. I mean, I'm I not disagreeing. I was, genuinely, I was genuinely curious who you'd take. Listen, I would take anyone I can get. Yeah, that's true. Um, you're going into our picks now, or do you have anything else to say on the Buffalo Bills? No, that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously very nervous, very excited. It's going to be a fun game. But, I mean, 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I truly don't know how this game's going to go. And that's what makes the playoffs fun is, you know, the Bills could go through the Bengals and the Chiefs and win this run ever or, you know, season's over. And, you know, we're talking the post-mortem on Monday, which I'll tell you that because it's been the same one the last three years. Are there any fun post-mortems? No. I mean, I guess, like, the Giants, like, if they lose close, I mean, it's not going to be fun, but, like, we're not, I'm not going to say, I don't think Giants fans are going to sit here and, and be sad, too sad about it. That's true. That's true. All right, Luke, we've got our picks. I currently yeah. sit seven and a half games back of you after I went Which four means and two. You could overtake four. me. I could. Now, we, we've texted throughout the week. I, I deferred to you on how you want to do this. Did we decide that all, all games moving Double forward are worth two points? Is that how we're doing yep. it? They're all worth two points. Or, okay. I was going to say something else, but we can leave it at that. What was that? I was going to say, do you want to make it? Do you want to make it two locks instead? Because then we would still get to six points, or do you want to just make it everything? Is? No, all doubles. Everything's on the line here. I'm not gonna run. I'm not gonna hide. We gotta. Okay. We gotta finish this off. We gotta make it entertaining. All right. And you could. You could. And look, you could feasibly overtake me this weekend if you want four and zero. I want four. Right. Which would be electric. But also, I was thinking to myself because I was like, okay, he could just fade me. That's also not in your best interest because if you really like a pick and it loses and I win those two points, that also doesn't help you. Like, you yeah. almost want to keep pace while also keeping within striking distance. So it's I gonna need be to probably – so right now I'm, what, down seven and a half. I want to get to within two and a half, I think. So I need wow. to win – I need to go up four. Okay. Because at that point – because at that point it doesn't really matter, you know. So I'd like to get to no. three and a half, you know, four and a half in that range somewhere. But I'll let you go first since I am the reigning champion of the week. So what do you got for us? I'm going to say this right now. When I look at these four games, I could pick – I could make an argument for either side in every single game. I, I legitimately – legitimately could. Yeah. My first pick, Jacksonville Jaguars plus eight and a half against the Chiefs. Um, I now, see them at nine. I see – I'm at ESPN right now, eight and a half. Are you? Okay, now wow, it's it, – it, literally, I just opened the app. I mean, it must I'll, have changed I'll to eight and a half within the last, like, nine. 30 seconds. I'll take a nine. No, you're getting get it. Um, this is a tough one because we don't know. The Chiefs haven't played anyone. They have not played anyone recently. And the Jaguars are a team that have been hot. I just, the Chiefs just don't cover big numbers. I think they're going to win this game probably by like five, six, seven. But eight and a half seems like too much. Plus, I'm going to be rooting hard for the Jags. Like, I don't really buy into the whole like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you got to play the toughest path. That's the most fun. No, I want to the path of least resistance. I want the Bills to win, get a home game against the Jaguars. That's that's the ideal situation. So I'm going to take the Jags plus eight and a half. I'm going to take Kansas City minus eight and a half. Is this a fade pick or is this an actual belief? I like Kansas City. This was not one of the picks that I loved. Okay. I could go either way, but I think Kansas City, when you're giving me eight and a half, it's basically a touchdown and a field goal or, you know, an extra point here and there. And I just think when I look at Jacksonville – Will Trevor Lawrence be as bad as he was in the first half? No. But I also think Kansas City is so much better coached than the Chargers were. If they even get up slightly, True. They'll, 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 they'll be fine. But also, when you look at it, oh. like the, Char- the Chiefs, when they win their games in the playoffs, they win by big numbers for the most part. Like I think back to the big comebacks they've had the last couple of years, and I just don't see them starting off that slow like they have in the past. This is gross because I guarantee there's already two games that were different sizes. Yeah, because I know what your I know what one of your picks is. Yeah, you do. I'm going to take 
the 49ers minus four against the Cowboys. I have juggled this game so much because I really, I really want to take the Cowboys because it's like, okay, do I fully trust Brock Purdy? No. This Cowboys defense is really good at getting to the quarterback. That could rattle him. But I'm like, man, this Niners defense is legit. They are special. I think they can win this game by, by a touchdown. I just – having to root for the Cowboys in a playoff game feels too stressful. Like, I just – they always – they always fall short. They're going to fall short at some point. So I'm going to take the Niners minus four. I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. So I'm going to ride with the Niners. I don't love it. But also, I mean, Dallas's kicking issues could play a huge part in this spread. Like, they're going to be thinking about maybe we have to go for two here. You know, do we trust them to make this kick? So I'm going to take the Niners minus four. I'm going to skip this game for now because I don't have quite a read on it. And I'm going to go with the Giants plus seven and a half. I think they keep it close. I think you're in the same boat as me at plus seven and a half. That's a big number. And do the Giants win? I don't think so. Can they keep it close? Absolutely. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. Minus seven and a half. Wow. I don't love it at all. This game I've wrestled with all week. I'm just hoping Hurts is a little more healthy than he was last time. So I think this Giants, the Eagles are far and away a better team than the Giants. But why? But if you were wrestling with this game, why wouldn't you hedge and and join me? Because I'm I'm not doing that. I'm taking my picks. Wow. And my gut tells me there's like seventy percent of public bets are on the Giants. They have become America's darling, and a lot of that is because they play New York. There's a lot of Giants fans, so I'm not really putting full stock into that. But this line is big for a reason. Like, Vegas knows Hurts is banged up. Vegas knows what the Giants did last week. I don't want to take away from the win. I never will. But Minnesota's not the Eagles. So I'm going to take the Eagles minus 7.5. And, and th- Saturday is going to be a bacchanal at this point because we've got two, two games going head-to-head. I mean, it's a scary sight. But I'm going to, I'm going to take the Eagles. It's, I could be sitting here like an idiot on Monday. But I, I just think they're the better team. I think they win the game. So I think they cover. Yeah, Luke, I'm taking Cincinnati plus 5.5. Yeah, that, I knew you were going to do I, that. I think the Bills can win, but just five and a half is too big. It's it's a big number for me. A little too big. Five and a half is too big? Five and a half is too big. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good, like, give me, like, a nice four, and I'm, and I'm happy. Well, I obviously, we have to take every game this week. I don't like betting Bills games. I don't like picking Bills games. Part of me says I should take Cincinnati so that I'm happy either way. But I'm going to take the Bills minus five and a half. I, like... I can't have a graphic with my name and my face on it and have me take picking against the Bills. This is not a jinx because I'm not choosing. I have to pick this game. You could this, sit out and not have any points for that game. No. Okay. Doesn't this line kind of speak to you a little bit? Like, why five and a half? I it's just a think a lot line. of people got in on the Giants at four and it, and it moved it up. Maybe the Sharps got the it at, at that number. I just – I don't know, man. Like, Even that's at a big open, number though, for I a game that I think is very close. Too. This game screamed three to me yeah. and it opened at four and now it's at the five and a half. Like I have to take the bills there. Like if I'm like a, you know, I'm, I'm a big bet the line guy. That seems like a weird line. So I'm, I'm taking the bills minus five and a half. I'm not confident in it. If I was in your shoes, I'd probably take the Bengals. But where I'm at right now, I have to take the bills. Yeah. And I'll wrap things up with San Francisco minus four. I, this is a mix of me hedging because handshake. I, one, I love the handshake emoji in the graphic. And two, I just need a little something to, Keep me in it because now if, if I if you take two of these games from me, true, you go up two points, and I think I can come back from what is that two? That's nine and a half, and there's what three games left. Yeah, you'd be dead. So I'd be dead. You you might be dead anyways. Not necessarily. 
If you go 0 and 3, I get six points on you. No, I said if you how would I go 0 and 3? If you lose the Bengals, the the Giants, and the Chiefs. No, I I need to go two and one against you head to head this week. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. It needs to be two and one. If I go one and two, you go up two points, which gets you to nine and a half, and there's only six total points next. This is loser talk. I would love a split on Saturday. I, I'd sign up for a split right now. Can you get a split if we both have San Francisco? Oh, San Francisco Sunday. Never mind. Saturday. You're right. I, like, if I get the, the Eagles but not the Jags, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I just need a win because last week was abysmal for me. That's one of the worst weeks of all time. And, it was, and you were two and four. Just imagine if I, didn't, if I didn't embarrass myself in the first two weeks. The worst part is, like, the Chargers should have covered, which should have got you one more point. No, but it would have got you two lock. points because that was your lock. Oh, no, I had him as a lock. Yeah. My bad. I had it reversed. Yeah. You, you were so – so if, if the two weeks never happened, we're basically even. Because you went up seven yeah. points the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. It's insane watching the, watching the graph. You're, you're closing in on me a little See, bit but, here. See, but there's you, – you've been too consistent – because there was no real dip for you, and there was no real big True. jump for me. Like I need like you to go one and five, and me to go five and one, just to see like the cool spark. This is kind of lame. That would be that would be cool. I mean, it could happen this week. We could see one of the largest spikes we've ever seen in this sh- on the show. For sure, for sure. So to wrap through my picks quickly, uh, Kansas City minus eight and a half, San Francisco minus four, the Giants plus seven and a half, and the Bengals at plus five and a half. And I've got the Jags, the Eagles, the Bills, and the Niners, and. I got to say, like, uh, Saturday, I might be doing a little, like, Jags-Eagles teaser. Because, like, if I can get the Eagles down a little bit, I love them. If I can get the Jags a little up, like, that could, that could be a fun little a fun little play on Saturday. Sounds like a good time, Luke. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't want to like, go against my Giants friend fans, and I would like if they won this game, but I got to take the Eagles. You didn't have to. Got to go with my mind. You didn't Got to go with my mind. You can't bet with this. You got to bet with this. Right in the head. Gotcha. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. Thank you guys for joining us. You missed – any moment of it, you can just rewind the podcast. Or if you're on Twitch and you missed a moment, download our podcast at the Walling and Owns Show, at Walling and Owns on Twitter. We have a TikTok, but it's a rumor at this point. And we'll catch you guys on Monday to recap our picks, recap the games. Hopefully, Luke, we don't have a postmortem for either team on Monday. Hopefully, we're getting ready for the AFC and NFC Championship games on Monday. No, hopefully the Eagles cover on Monday. Bad guy, Luke. We'll catch you guys on Monday. Thank you all for listening here on the Wild and Oak Show. This is the-